What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, guys, we are here. We um, just recorded most of this without a SIM card. So we're back for round two, and it's gonna be better than when we recorded the first time. Um, I'm gonna start with a fan shout out. This one's um, super sweet because one, she noticed the new equipment. She said, your sound says so clear and crisp. Um, the podcast isn't amazing no matter what, but it sounds more legit <laughs> now with the new equipment. So thank you for that. She also said, if I could leave 50 uh, reviews, I would. I can't say enough about the education and validation I've received from y'all's podcast. I swear it saved my marriage by helping me understand my experience and my emotions in a way I'd never understood. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That's really kind. It's really nice. And I'm glad she acknowledges our bad audio. Um, <laughs> you know, it hasn't been that bad, but it has been that bad. It's been that like bad. some are good, some are not. And so we think we figured it out and we got this awesome new equipment and hopefully it sounds really good. It was well, like Christmas last week. We have all this to stuff up. laugh that we really have no production team. We don't really know exactly what we're doing. We're the experts in right. sharing our stuff. Right. Right. Um, but really we just recorded a 20 minute podcast with <laughs> without anyone listening because it wasn't recording. <laughs> yeah. But we've us. come a long ways. I mean, we're quite <laughs> started uh, on standing an ironing in front board. of these fancy mics. And yeah, we started on the ironing board, like we always say. With a so, single snowball mic, right? Yeah. And it, you know, it's amazing what, what good this podcast has done from that little cheap microphone on totally. the ironing board. So who knows what we can do with these fancy new mics. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's jump in to to today's topic um, for the second time. And we were, we're talking about um, problems. So, so it is September. Um, what we mean by that is we're talking about sex this month. And um, we're, it's kind of a series. Every, every week this month, we're going to take a topic about sex and break it down and break it down in context of recovery and in context of um, just, just healthy relationships. So um, some of this stuff could be really triggering depending on where you're at in the process of healing and in the process of recovery. Today we're going to talk about um, common problems that happen um, in, in, in relationships, but common problems that happen in relationships that have sex addiction and betrayal. So we're And what I like that you said the first time was that it's present or not. Like you may not even know that it's happening. Or there may have been disclosure and you do know that there's something wrong. Either way, you know something's wrong. Right, <laughs> right. And so, so the problems come up before you even have discovered things, before disclosure has happened. And then there's problems after that that can come up, other problems that can come up after discovery and after disclosure. So, so let's talk about that first. Like what are some common things that happen when you're in a relationship with with sex addic addiction present, um, you might not know about it, um, but what happens in the bedroom, what happens with sex when there's this present? What do you guys think? Man. It's so fun there's and so awesome. Much. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think what I'll do is preface my comment with, or our comments with, and our context is with the idea that I 
went into marriage on a lie, with a lie. I lied to Ashlyn, meaning I, I never shared with her at all that I struggled with watching porn, with masturbation. I, I, Lack I of thought, boundaries with women. Well, I didn't even mm-hmm. know that was a thing, but yes, absolutely, you're true. My point with it is, is to say I got married in a lie. And so we went into it with Ashlyn not knowing. And so I brought, the only skill set that I brought into our marriage was my my skill set of lying and my skill set of deceit and manipulation to make you believe that I was actually something that I wasn't. Right. So if healthy sex is about intimacy, right? Um, and you're going into the relationship full of lies, um, you can't really create intimacy unless you're transparent and open and honest and you, you can actually be seen, mm-hmm. right? So if you can't actually be seen, you're, you're actually this false self, this, you know, this kind of manipulator. Um, what are the chances of healthy, you know, good, intimate sex? Oh, man. Not going to happen, right. right? And it didn't. It didn't happen. And I would say for more than a decade, it was very much a chore. Mm-hmm. It was a duty, especially after I found out about his problem. <laughs> we didn't know mm-hmm. it was an ad- addiction for quite a while. Yeah. Um, it Meaning was like we discovered, but we didn't know that it was a, a, a legit addiction. Right. And in the beginnings... I knew something was off, but I also had Kobe up uh, maybe on a pedestal of like, he knows more than me. He's experienced more than me. Mm-hmm. I am a prude. So when he would tell me like, come on, get with it. This is you. This is all right. on you. And what's wrong with you? And I w- wasn't climaxing. I wasn't enjoying sex. I really did believe like, yeah, something's which, wrong which with me. Which is all part of the gaslighting down. So, so getting you to believe that there's something wrong with you. You need to change so then we can enjoy sex. That's mm-hmm. all part of that denial and that deception uh, about what healthy sex is, right? In, 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 a, in your mind, Kobe, sex was about, hey, like this needs to be frequent and I need to get off, right? I, I need orgasm yes. enough or else I'm not happy and there's problems in our relationship, so this better happen. And to you, Ashlyn, that whole feeling and that whole message was, this is my job. Yeah. I'm a good wife. It's my duty. I better. And no then, matter if I'm enjoying it or in pain or not even there like mentally, right? Mm-hmm. And Kobe is so loving now. And I can say this without I hopefully hurting your feelings. Yeah. I don't Baby, know. For real, so we talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time when it really was all it was like the Kobe show. Yeah. And it was okay, totally if we're was. having problems, we need to go and find sex things, toys, and we need to go to a sex therapist because it's not my problem. It's yours, Ashlyn. Yeah. Right. And there was no um, no effort for me to have pleasure or to enjoy sex. So I showed up. I was vulnerable by getting naked. Right. Right? Um, but I wasn't vulnerable in any other in way. In any other way. No. And so you're putting yourself out there, not out of love, not out of connection, you're putting yourself out there out of shame and fear. Yeah. And sex became this act of, of shame and fear in order to make sure Kobe is okay and that your relationship is okay, right? Yeah. It's going to make sure Kobe's not grumpy and angry and shut down and acting out so you have sex, right? For this sure. does not sound very fun. No. no. And, it's, and it really was that mindset for me of, I guess this is as good as it gets. Right. Like I remember having... Um, like a, there was some company that you would have like a 
toy sex toy parties mm-hmm. at home or something i can't remember what it was but i remember doing that because i was like i must gotta be spice some, it up yeah like right. something's definitely wrong with me right and you know all these other women are doing all these things right right and so that was the story i was telling myself and that's such a common thing that can happen is that that subtle gaslight of like hey wife like why don't you spice it up why yeah. don't you give me more why don't you let's push these limits it gets her to to go do these things because she feels like she's not enough and the sex addict gets more sex that way the problem is it's destroying the foundation of a healthy sex life it's 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 ruining intimacy because it's not built on on safety and trust and good sex is about is about letting go it's about being free it's about expressing yourself in a creative way and in a connected way and when you're doing it because you're being forced or because you better or else he's going to act out or he's going to be angry then then it's it's not healthy at all right and i want to make one really really clear point that just keeps going through my head and that is i didn't I didn't have any other idea that sex was like the only idea about sex for me was that it was it was me getting off. It was the act, and it was um, it, it was it was totally about me. And Ashlyn was was to facilitate that, for sure. and and because I didn't feel like that that was like this great magical thing. Then what happened was is that I began to put pressure on Ashlyn. But I want to be but I want to be really clear is having watched porn and having grown up with the idea that the female body and a sexual partner was simply just for my my sexual pleasure to get off what like that's the lie that's told in porn is right. that a, in in a relationship in a sexual relationship the woman is simply there to help the guy get off Right. And, and it is a fantasy. It, it, that's not even a fantasy. That is um, not reality in any way. And um, so my, my point with it is, is to say, is that I acted, I put, I acted what I saw, not intentionally, but it was like, oh, this is like Ashlyn's there to help me get off. And okay, that's just what we need to do. Well, it's this whole, like our whole paradigm of sex is broken uh, in, in so many ways. And, it's it's this belief that um, sex is more for men than it is for women. That that's a common one. Um, you know, we, we're saying we've heard certain things like church leaders say to women. You know, if you were just more available, then he wouldn't go do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, go have more sex, and that will make it go away. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, you weren't having enough sex. <laughs> right, right. Even even women do this to women, like. Um, moms will say to their daughters, like, hey, like, it's your duty. Like, just, just make sure that he's happy. Um, things like that can, can be said. And, um, th- and it just feeds and, and fuels this thing that you're talking about, Kobe, that a woman is an object for a man's pleasure. And so when you go into the bedroom and you're entitled for your sex so that you feel okay and you feel good enough as a man, then it creates all kinds of problems. And it, so. and it did. Sadly, it, I mean, it really did. But what, what we know now is that sex is a, an outcome of layers of emotional, spiritual, psychological, and, and non-sexual physical intimacy. 
Yes. And sex is a byproduct of, of putting in the work to have those things. And once that's there, then then sex can be this incredible connecting, um, incredible experience. Sex is not, um, it's not for him or her. Um, it's, it's, sex is not, nobody's entitled to it, right? Th- these are all things that, that I think we need to debunk a little bit. Yeah. Um, nobody's entitled to it. Sex is something that is about connection, yeah. but it's also about individual expression, right? So it's both of those things. It's you being you, but it's you're compatible together and then you, you connect together, mm-hmm. right? And in as much as this, I, I agree with you that it is about individual expression. I want to be really clear. There's nothing that can be found in porn that is, um, that is about individual expression in, in a healthy relationship right? It's like a healthy relationship can't be pornified. Right. In as much as it's about healthy expression, right? Right. It, it's, it's, it's not that. I want to be super, super clear. So let's talk about um, discovery of, a, of an affair has happened or discovery of a porn addiction has happened. And so now you're in the aftermath. Um, the betrayal trauma has really kind of taken place. It's set in. Um, there's some common things that, that happen after that. Um, that that really destroy a healthy sex life, obviously, right? Um, but these are some common ones. Um, one is sex. It, uh, you go into kind of hypersexual mode or hyposexual mode. So um, when betrayal trauma has happened, the betrayed oftentimes will amp up sex and, and because they feel fear. And so th- they want to preserve their partner their spouse they want to hang on to them and so they have sex because they're trying to um, satisfy them so that they'll stay in the relationship right that's not healthy sex Um, and you come back to feeling the same way you were talking about Ashlyn you feel feel like you're you're being used you don't want to do it but you're doing it because you feel fear right so I hear all the time couples that have a lot of sex right after a horrible discovery has happened, right? So I don't know what your guys' experience was like that. Uh, anything similar to that? I. It's funny because, not funny, but ours has stayed pretty even, I would say, through our whole marriage, which sounds really odd. But I think because it started in such an unhealthy way, it was just always consistent. And so we didn't have this like influx or decrease. This spike of right. sex or this drop that off of probably a really common really common yeah Yeah. um so i think for me i think because it my first experiences were with sex were sex were such um this distorted view that i just thought okay this is how it is so Mm -hmm. i definitely had the the i love you i hate you i'm gonna hurry and push and pull i'm gonna give you this because i don't want you to go with other women or go look at porn but it wasn't amped up in a hyper way in, in, in a yeah. fearful way in order to to hang on to right Kobe. i think for me it was yeah. like okay go get more lingerie and be a little more like spice yes. it up a little more so that he's more satisfied yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah common so another thing that happens after betrayal is getting triggered during sex oh, common yeah. thing so so all kinds of triggers shame triggers lust triggers um euphoric recall can happen so 
Um, what, what I mean by that is you're in that moment, you're present. Let's say the sex is actually somewhat healthy, right? Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, from the betrayed's point of view, she starts thinking, is he even here with me? Is he even thinking about me? Or she. Yeah. 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 Vice versa. So, but, but the, but the point being it start it destroys that mindfulness moment, that connection in that moment. And, um, and, and she feels like, gosh, I got to just power through this and pretend like I'm not thinking this, or I'm going to shut this down completely because I'm so triggered now, right? And, and the fear just creeps into the bedroom after betrayal. It's common. And and I go ahead, Ashlyn. I was just going to say, I think Kobe always knew when the triggers came. Totally. Because it was like this flip of the switch, like, okay, Ashlyn's now... She's somewhere else. She's not with me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, that's when those are the shame tales that come. Like when 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 triggers happen, then shame follows and those things are manifested in energy, in nonverbals, and um it was clear. Okay, this this like we're not in the same place. Like so, something's th- something's happened for sure. But but I wanna point this out and this is really important. That's that's a great opportunity. So for connection, it, yeah. If you're having you <laughs> if you're having sex and you feel like she shut off or shut down, if you're selfishly having sex and you're thinking, well, I gotta use her body to get my orgasm, that's not that's that's not awesome. And, and that right? was, I was gonna say, me absolutely. That, it was definitely way more of that when he would know that I had turned off, but it was like, well. We're already here. We're so this let's far <laughs> in. Let's finish this. Totally. Right. And I was very much the same. I was just like, okay, like. Get it over get with. Get it over with. And okay. And then we didn't talk much, right? Because it was like, I was in this other world and assuming and building mountains out of molehills. And. So but, just, uh, but, uh, but imagine that in that, in that heightened state of arousal, um, she shuts off. He pulls back. He he sits back and he just says, "Hey, like I'm 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 here with you. I want to hold your pain right now. Um, I don't care about me right now. I care about where you're at. What what what's more intimate, hurrying and getting it done, or that? That right? and when that started to happen, because it's not that it happened once and then never again. He right. had to show up many consistently. Times. Yeah, yes, because that didn't just go away. Right and." Um, I think it, that was what built that safety for us was huge him, drops in the trust bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Him being like able that. to show up and, and stop worrying about the climax and worrying about connection. Right. I think that just takes an agreement for on both parties to say one, if someone is triggered to say, listen, I'm, I'm actually feeling triggered right now. And I have this thought and, and the agreement of the partner who's, who's hearing this is to say, all right, this is this and from this moment on. This is not about me, but this is about where my partner is, and I have to be able to be willing to help my partner in their tough spot and in be that there moment, for them. Right? Exactly. Then. Yeah. And if and if partners can agree that that's going to be the course of action going forward, and there's no judgment. So how hard is that in the beginning, Kobe? <laughs> Super. <laughs> Super. It's really hard. because it was a, because it was about me because it was about me, and um, that's exactly how I. I process that. And, and if you think about it, right, in and of itself, the message in porn is the, the man is sexually entitled to what he wants, to, mm-hmm. to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And so there's no consideration for the partner. So at first, and that's not, again, that's not spoken, but that's just what is internalized and that's what went through my head. And so the idea of it is, is 
is it was hard for me, yes, but if, if the conversations happen outside of the arena of sex, outside of the moment of sex, and there's a commitment to say, this is how I need to be able to show up, then that, that plants the idea and the seed of thought to say, I need to be prepared in sex mm-hmm. to be there for my partner when she says, or when he says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm hijacked right now. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling in this moment. We need to take, we need to take a breath and take a minute. Now, I, I got to say, you're much more likely to finish if, if that intimacy does take place. You connect, you process with each other, but it can't be about that, right? You, oh, yeah. You take a step back and you connect emotionally. You hold that space for the other person and, and you connect and, um, and, and you let go of the need for orgasm in that moment right? Because it's about connection right then. Think of how many, there's, there's so many different levels of trust building there. There's, look, I care more about your heart than I do about your body, right? Um, also, I have control over my sexuality. Like I can be in this heightened state of arousal and I don't have to climax here. I don't have to have, to have an orgasm. I'm okay. I can deal with this, right? So it sends that message to the partner as well. Of like, look, I'm, I, I'm in control here. And I can care about you right now. And by the way, um, you're more important and where you're at than my selfish needs. And all of those things will, will create trust and safety. Okay, so I'm going to be the advocate of the listener who I hear who will say, we listen to your podcast. We hear what we're supposed to do. And then I hear my, my husband or the addicted, if it's a woman or a male, they say the things they're supposed to say from the podcast. So how do you show up in those moments and not feel like, oh, it's just a line that Brandon told me to say. So you said it earlier, Ashlyn, you answered that question, which is, you know, for one, you can, the healthier you get, the better you can feel like real authentic love and energy, right? Um, You'll know that it's not just words. You'll know that it's not just fake. But you said it earlier, Ashlyn, is it's about consistency, so they might do it once because they listen to this episode. Like, <laughs> good for them. Yay. And they're trying to change these patterns of behavior they've had for a long, long time, right? And maybe their intention to do it that one time was really good, right? But what really builds that safety up again is to be consistent in, in doing these things over and over again. Okay. So yeah. I think a little bit of it also lies in the, the betrayed of being able to accept that, that even... If it is a line they heard here on the podcast, that it's effort. Uh, absolutely. Right? If your husband's listening to this podcast and trying the things that he's learning, that's saying something like good for him. He desires some change, right? Yeah. Because so. I know, I remember in my own, our story is a little different. We didn't have a podcast to listen to. We really just had our group in therapy. And so when I saw Kobe using things that we'd learned, I had to be like, Okay, swallow my, he's just checking a box. He's just doing his thing that he's learning, right? Right. It was really awkward, right? Right. But I think with the podcast, it makes it a little even more tricky because you're both listening. You're both fully here right. saying this is what we're, we should be right. doing, right? It's, right. It, it, when you, whenever we practice anything for the first time or for the first few times, no matter what it is, it's going to be awkward. Riding a bike is a great example of that. It's going to be awkward looking when someone first tries to push off and ride a bike. But with practice, it becomes very easy and the same thing. So if you are the betrayed, no matter if you're a man or a woman, 
grant your partner the opportunity to deploy the tools that they're learning, deploy the transitional statements that they're learning is awkward as they sound. That represents that, that deploying that, that statement represents mindfulness and effort. Yeah. And, that must, and that must be mm-hmm. honored because if that's honored and you recognize that, then more will come. Exactly. More of the same will yeah. happen. That's great advice. So one of the other things, uh, issues with sex that happens a lot is um, we ta- we've talked about sexual anorexia before, and we have a whole episode on sexual anorexia. That's one. Um, the other, another one is um, just erectile dysfunction and inability to, to have sex. And with sex addicts, um, if they've been using it too much, they, they lose it, right? <laughs> and so... Um, it's common for if you if you over masturbate you have erectile dysfunction and and what that does is it creates this shame piece on his end of what's wrong with me so then he doesn't want to initiate sex because he's gonna work he's worried that he you know he has he's not gonna be able to get it up Um, and then it triggers her of why isn't he ever initiating sex he kind of goes into the sexual anorexic mode the, the uh, erectile dysfunction can also really trigger her shame of what's wrong with me? Why can't he get it up for me? Um, what's the problem here, right? So a common thing that happens is erectile dysfunction. And um, we we're, we're talking about this earlier. The tolerance builds up with sex addiction. So what I mean by that is a sex addict... You know, some some guys it, it it happens fast. Some guys it is very slow. The tolerance build up. When I say tolerance build up, this is what I mean: is they may just start looking at one thing, porn wise, right? Um, and then that doesn't do it for them. I don't know if you guys remember the first time you ever held somebody's hand. And it was yeah. like, oh my yeah. gosh, the <laughs> dopamine of like, <laughs> like mind blowing, right? Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, thir- fast forward 30 years and you're involved in some pretty risque, crazy stuff that, you know, and, and so you go home to your spouse and in the bedroom, it's kind of boring. It's kind of like, eh, what? you know, and so um, it, you, you've gone beyond with your with your sex where your tolerance is built up and that, you know, that it's like a drug addict a heroin addict they take one hit of heroin it's a huge rush but then next thing you know they got to take more and more and more and so that they can get that same rush right and sex with a spouse is not as exciting as it used to be right and and that's the piece i think that's super important again the message behind porn is i'm going to objectify a woman for my own sexual gratification to to get off into orgasm and and that's not reality. Moreover, you've already described that, that sex is a byproduct of connection and love and layers and layers of intimacy. And none of that exists in porn. Right. Like, like there is no connection that exists right. in porn. It is, it is not reality and it's fantasy. And so what, what, what I'm hearing you say is if I progressively increase if my tolerance of what I need in order to get off increases over time that means I'm further and further from reality right yeah. which so, is which means I'm further and further from the heart of my partner right so does this go also with those who maybe aren't struggling with porn but are in addiction with sex like they're 
seeking relationships sexually. Um, so they're seeking validation, what they think is connection. Right. And they're getting sex in return. Right. And possibly an emotional relationship. It really depends on, and we, September, we, we should squeeze in a, an episode about the arousal template and what that is. Because some guys, they don't, like porn doesn't really do it for them. But what they like to do is is flirt with girls at work, right? Like that's their their thing. Um, and so what whatever it is, they're seeking for something, um, some level of connection, and th- and they're not having healthy attachment and connection with their spouse, right? So so yeah, it's common with, you know, if, if someone's having an affair, um, if somebody's looking at porn, chances are there's some kind of intimacy breakdown in the relationship at home. So there's no question that chances that. are Th- there's, there is. there's no question that that's, that was what my experience was. And that's exactly what, what happened is right. there was, there was all kinds of efforts to disconnect from Ashland so that I, I, I was not vulnerable to being caught. Right. Is right. what, th- that's the thought that goes through the head. I can't, I can't be too vulnerable because I don't want to be caught. So yeah, absolutely. Right. That totally makes sense to me. So I want to make something clear before we wrap up. Um, and what I just said about the tolerance thing, um, it, you might be listening to this thinking, man, my husband hasn't wanted to have sex with me for a long time. Um, I guess that means he never will because he's, he's been doing all this stuff and I'm not attractive to him anymore. And I just want to be clear that the, that, that the brain can heal, that you can, um, reboot that. And, um, but, but it takes some work. It takes some sobriety it takes some getting away from the, the stimulus for a while so that the, the neural pathways in the brain can heal themselves so that the dopamine will flow freely in the bedroom with your spouse, right? Um, but it is possible to heal it. I've seen it many times. That's and you know what's interesting, Brandon, is I got a lot of messages this week after our last episode from women saying, um, or sorry, the reverse we, we say often the betrayed is a woman or the addicted right. is uh-huh. the man. And it's very much, it goes both ways. It does. And so I think it, like what you said, just listen with your, with your own experience, right? Absolutely. And sometimes we don't always say it the way it, that it lines up with your story, but this is our story. That's a good point, Ashley. Yeah. That's and I will, ta- I will say this too, that um, the brain will heal as the heart begins to feel oh wow Wait, you gotta say that again that one. i don't even know what you said did you just make that up on the spot totally totally do just you did. Wow. You i totally do <laughs> okay. the brain will begin to heal as the heart begins to feel okay and what that looks like is as the heart begins to feel and connect with your partner as you begin to establish layers of intimacy then you begin to feel again because in addiction we're numb and it's all about what's happening in my head. And in betrayal, we're numb. And, I mean, you could say the same thing about the penis, right? The penis will begin to heal <laughs> as the heart begins to feel. <laughs> right. that, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> how, how true is that? <laughs> right? And, and, and that there's, there's loads of humor in that, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but there is profound truth in that as well. Because what begins to happen is, as soon as you involve your heart in intimacy with your partner then there is a whole new set of gears 
when it comes to intimacy that you can experience with your partner. And it's beautiful and it's connecting. It's far beyond anything that was ever experienced before because it is, that is the opposite of the numb feeling that comes from acting out sexually. It, it, oh, go ahead. Ashley. I was just going to say, I get that question a lot of how will the sex ever be normal after what we've gone through of this betrayal, whether it's porn or uh, an affair. And it's hard to see it when you're in it. Yeah. But I promise it is, you don't want what you had before. No. You yes. want something that is better. Right. And in order to get that, you have to do the work. Yes. And so for Kobe and I, I mean, we're doing a whole month dedicated to our own sexual pleasures, right? Mm -hmm. um, this isn't because we're on month one of recovery. This is four and a half right. years into recovery for us that we are saying, okay, we've done a lot of work right. in order to get to a place where we're both like excited yeah, and we want this. Right. Right. That's, yeah. So there's no time prescription with that. There's no amount of time you have to put into to um, recovery in order to get to that place. I want to be super clear because you might be working recovery for, you know, 18 months, a year, whatever the case is, and feel like I want to be able to tackle this. Heck this yeah, just happens to be our <laughs> timeline. I, you know, I, I work with a lot of couples and I, I, it breaks my heart sometimes because as I talk with them, I realize they don't even... They, they've never experienced real intimacy. Yeah. And, and so as they're talking about their sex lives or they're talking about, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting with each other or whatever. I'm thinking if you guys even knew what was possible between the two of you. Um, but if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Yeah. If you keep lying, if you keep staying stuck in fear, if you don't learn how to let things go and be mindful and all of the recovery things, then you're not going to get to that deep place of connection that's better than anything. Here, so. here. Right. Guys, we're so glad that you're here and uh, so glad that you're here with us in uh, September. Actually, yeah. it's yeah. been it's been a great experience thus far. It's a little far. awkward for me to be here in September <laughs> with you guys, but <laughs> but but you're doing it. Yeah. Good job, oh, Brandon. <laughs> you're yeah. the best. So, Brandon, why don't we talk about what we're going to touch on in the, in the deep dive, the podcast deep dive on Patreon? Yeah, uh, we're going to talk. So we've talked a lot about the problems. We're going to talk about the good stuff, the solutions and to the problems, not just the solutions, but what real intimacy is, what it feels like, what it looks like. Um, so that you can grasp like, wow, that's what we could have. And how are we going to get there? Right. Cause right. it is hard to imagine when you're in the thick of it, like, well, that's never going to ever be normal again. Right. Yeah. Right. right. It's hard to believe in it. Right. We'll also discuss in that, in that podcast deep dive, some of the, the, um, the methods that Ashlyn and I used to begin to develop intimacy, um, sexually, right. um, and uh, that, have, that was, you know, terribly fruitful for us. So uh, those are the things that we're going to talk about in how the Patreon do you, Deep Dive. How do you get onto Patreon for those who don't know? Okay, good question. So um, you can click on, on the, in the podcast app, you can click on details and you scroll down and the very first link will be to our Patreon site. And that's how you can find us. Or you can go to patreon.com and search betrayed addicted expert so the patreon is basically our podcast content on steroids it's uh it's a lot of extra good just content that will help you yeah. multiple times a week we'll give you information about this particular episode plus this month's q a is going to be all of the sex all questions <laughs> So uh, look forward to seeing you there, guys. Um, thanks for being here again. Um, if you haven't yet, please hop over, give us a review, 
and give us a, um, it's not just a review. What is it, Ashlyn? Rate us, and then you can give us a review, both. And again, if, you, if you've heard anything that you've liked, please go ahead and share this because you never know the good that it can do for somebody who is really alone in this endeavor. Awesome. See you guys. Thanks, guys.